Shut up. Shut, shut up. Sit down. Strap in. Hang on. You don't need your mama's permission. This, this is the Battle, is the Podcast. Battle Podcast. 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 Now, your host. What up, man? And welcome to the battle. I'm your host, John Durham. And I'm Ray Ray all day. What's up, Ray? Oh, man. It's just another wonderful day. Yeah. Don't start, Ray. Don't start. <laughs> it I, don't is. Think, I don't think our listeners can stomach it. Please, I, I tell don't you start. What, have any of y'all watched Parks and Rec? No, I haven't. No? No no Parks and Rec Not people my, out there? Rich, you... There's a guy that came in around season three, and it's actually, I believe it was Rob Lowe. Is his name the actor? Oh, you think I look a lot like him? I oh, appreciate yeah, that. A few boy. donuts later. Kind of resemblance there, right? A few donuts later. Couple. You're tan and all, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm tanned up, you know. But the dude's all super, super positive about everything <laughs> and just living on life. Yeah. And I was just chuckling. I, we just watched an episode. I was like, huh, now I know how Johnny feels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, miserable. <laughs> just kidding. No, actually, Ray, to be honest with you, I do love the fact that you are very optimistic. So it's yeah. good. I'm not pessimistic at all. I mean, I just I just call it like it is. You know what I mean? Oh, you man. call it realism. That's that's what it is. I mean, my wife tells me I don't have a filter, but you know. I always hope for the best and plan for the worst. I think my daughter said to me the other day, she says, You're just brutally honest. I'm like, you gotta get you gotta put the feeling into it. I'm like, why are you gonna waste time with all that? I mean, just be honest with people and tell them what's up. Well, you know, last week you talked about your mentor, Archie. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, I can't help. But the thing that he instilled a lot of those values in because <laughs> yeah, uh, it didn't sound like uh, Mr. Archie played any games. <laughs> no, he did. No, you never had to wonder what Arch was thinking. I'll tell you right now. Uh, oh man! We also found out last episode that we have been worldwide. We picked up several more countries. Man, oh man, it's exciting. But what we didn't do last episode is tell everybody out there how they can get a hold of us. Okay. So please, guys, feel free reach out to our Facebook page, the Battle Podcast on Facebook. Like us, man. Send us a like. Yeah, we need stuff. some likes, man. Yeah, send us some likes. We ain't living for the likes. Don't get me wrong here, but we need some likes, you know, to get things going. You know what I mean? That's the new thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. podcast just can't live on love, brother. Yeah, we, yeah, gotta, we gotta have some likes. <laughs> we gotta have some likes and Don't uh, worry, some prayer. Ray is not gonna have any fish lips going on on our podcast page. I can promise you that. Hey, unless it's requested, man, I'll fish lip it up. <laughs> yeah, they are. well, if we got dudes asking you to do fish, fish lip photos on our page, we got a lot more problems than we thought we did. We're going to have to rename the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're going to be the battle. <laughs> Man. Uh, but hey, they can also hit us up on our, our email. That's the battle podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we would love to hear from you, really. I mean, if I post that in the, in the link below. Yeah, you always do. We want to talk about the things that are relevant. There's something going on out there and you want to talk about it. You have questions about something. We're not experts by any means, but we'll talk about it. Right. Yeah. We might beat it to death too. I mean, you never know. You never know. <laughs> With us anyway. <laughs> Some things you have to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just got to tell it the way it is. Every That's why the strip bar always says girls, girls, girls. That's why you know, men have to learn things in threes. <laughs> yeah, before exactly. they remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is, if I've only said it once, there's only one girl there, right? Yeah. Huh? Uh, I'm not going I'm in, in there. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It ain't worth the time. Yeah. Kind of Walmart checkout line, yeah. you know, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So yeah, we we found out we're we're worldwide, we're growing, which is awesome, which is what we want to do because we want to reach all the guys out there. We and understand this is not a bash session. We are just as much at fault. We make the same mistakes. It's just something that we see that we're trying to get y'all's attention. We're trying to bring you in. 
Open your eyes. No, we're, not, we're actually we're talking to ourselves half the time here. I mean, Without that's me. really what it is. I mean, you know? yeah. What'd you screw up this week, Johnny? Yeah, no kidding. I'm plenty, plenty. Yeah. Just call my wife; she'll let you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love you, honey. So, did you bring the treadmill? <laughs> we know you were on vacation last week, John, and and I forgot to ask you: Did you bring the treadmill with you? Why would I need to bring a treadmill when I got a wide open beach out there? I mean, there's there's, there's a pool downstairs. I yeah. Mean, I did use the elevator. Why use the stairs? I But I love a cotton candy. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't like cotton candy anymore. Right now. <laughs> I was not on paleo this that that week on vacation. I'm gonna keep it on the real, you know. But I got I get back on track. My daughter told me we're gonna get back on it. Gonna be one hundred again, you know. Out of the mouth of babes. Yep. So we're gonna get back to to working out and uh, eating right. So now as you get back into uh, the work world, along with the rest of us, that's what we need to talk about is leaving work at work. Yeah. And quite honestly, there's just a lot of us, including myself at times, we struggle with that as men. Because like, so many guys, if we're going to be honest, find their identity in their work. Absolutely. Right? One of the things you said, uh, we were talking about uh, outside the podcast, you were talking, Ray, about when you were younger and you had a, that mentor that you'd mentioned last week. What was his name again? His name was Jim. Jim. Yep, Jim Crabtree. Okay. He, he taught me a lot. Yeah, and you said that the, one of the best things about your relationship is you knew when to play and when to work. Right, exactly. The problem with us dudes, sometimes we think we don't know how to differentiate, be, differentiate between the two. Sometimes we come home and we still are in work mode. Right. And sometimes, you know, our wives got to let us know, uh, ah, that don't live here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, that don't live here. My wife's biggest thing was she would always tell me when I'd jump into it, she'd say, hey, 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 management mode. Yeah. Turn it off. Turn it off. And, I, and I'd have to, I'd have to, you know, that's when you identify, she'd identify it for me and then you got to shut it down. But when you think about it on top of that, like we talked about just outside the podcast is my anger issues. I used to have some serious anger issues. And back when I was younger, I took that into boxing, weightlifting, stuff like that. I would just transform those angers into that. But then as you get older and stuff, you don't have as many outlets and you tend to take it out on your family. So you'll get through work and something happened at work. It's going to piss you off and then you bring it home. Oh, yeah. And that's just not a good scenario, no, no matter who you are. So not only did I have to learn how to not bring work home, I had to learn how to not bring anger home. Wow. Yeah. So it was very challenging. You know me. You've known me for- oh, I was going to say, when I first met you, that was that was at the very pinnacle of when that was going on in your life. and. Right. It's funny because people meet you today and everybody's like, laid back Ray, easy going yeah. Ray. I'm like, well, let me tell you, you didn't know what to do back when he was, <laughs> when the guy was, <laughs> you know. Uh, we've kind of talked about this offline, Ray, and you need to talk about it. I think it would be pretty pertinent information for the men out there is that you and your wife have established this pretty cool timeout process. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the key things that we use to eliminate the bringing it home to work. And it works, it's worked out great for us. And I've actually used it and expressed that to some other people, some other guys that we know that um, they use it. They, they, they said, we're going to give it a shot and it actually works out. So what it is, is when I get home from work, I always tell my wife, I need 10 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes. And I come home and I go into my room. I take my work clothes off. I change, I chill out. And it's, it's like a switch or like um, stepping over a wall. Mm. So that now there's a clear division between work and home. And it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you get home and the crap's hitting the fan and you, you have to jump right in. But 
that really does help you delineate between the two. And it's worked out great for me. I think the biggest thing is that when we're so caught up in work being our identity, yeah, that's where the, it becomes very volatile. Yeah, Because some guys, they can't do that because it becomes a part of their DNA and who they are. It's, it's a, it becomes a part of their make, like, this is who I am. And they can't leave it at the office. They can't leave it at the, at the, at the, you know, the work site. They can't leave it in the warehouse. They can't leave it, you know, wherever it may be, whether it's, I mean, you think about people that are out there, like our first responders. I mean, you're talking people that are out there seeing some pretty hellacious things going on. I mean, our police officers, they don't exactly see the best of the best all the time. If you're an EMT, you don't exactly, you're picking up people that are hurt or going mm-hmm. through some kind of pain and suffering. You're a firefighter, you're running into a building that's burning. I mean, there's, there's people involved. So they don't always have, see the best in life. So, and they've got to try to go home after that. I mean, you think about if you have a traumatic uh, situation at work every day. Right. It's one thing if you go to the office and you've got pressures for deadlines and money and budgets and things like that, you know, in my world. But I, know, I, I think that it's a lot a lot greater for those that are actually in the midst of something like that, that are, that yeah. are living that. You know yeah, what I mean? They see things that cannot be unseen. And, and it's hard to turn it off. Right. Exactly. And, and I feel for those people because I, I wouldn't know how to even begin to express to them how not to bring it home. Those people truly need, and a lot of guys think, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go seek counseling. I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'll just deal with it. Just deal with it. And a lot of times those type of people, they need to, they need to seek counseling. They need to find somebody. A lot of, some of the churches have a great first responders group. Mm Mm-hmm. So that all of or these care counseling, things of that nature. Right. So these first responders, people who know what it is to live in that, that life mm-hmm. and how those people cope with not bringing it home. Right. And that's what, we, that's what we have to do as men. We either need to A, be those men that they can come to or B, seek those people out. Well, also too, I think there's a, there's a word that comes to mind and it's triggers. You have to learn what your triggers are. What triggers you? You know what I mean? Every one of us has something that wells up inside of us. And if something specific happens, it tends to go south in a hurry. And I think one of the things that you need to do as a man is identify what are the triggers in your life? What are some of the things that cause you to find yourself going down that rabbit hole, so to speak? And I think you make a good point. I mean, yes, we want to be able to confide in and talk to our spouses, but some things our spouses just can't help us with. If you're in a situation where, you know, you're around the worst of the worst, I mean, your wife is not going to know how to deal with you in a way to make you feel better about what you're dealing with. She's not a professional. And that's a huge weight to put on her. And, and, and unfortunately, that puts a lot of weight on a marriage. Well, that and she's not a man either. They don't think like we think. No, no we know that. And sometimes your triggers might be something your spouse does or oh, yeah. doesn't do. Well, as you think about it, like a man, for instance, like... <laughs> something trivial, like my wife's response may be, well, honey, you really ought to do that. And my first response is like, what? Hell no, I ain't doing that. You know, like right. uh, I'm going to do this. All right. You know, why would I do that? You know, I, you know, they said this or they did that. Why am I going to go? And, and, and you're right. They don't think about it from a man's perspective. They think about it from a woman's Well, you just explained your whole story to them. Like you were <laughs> soliciting an opinion and then they give you an opinion. Right. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm not doing that. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're the one asking for their advice. Yeah. Well, and they and, become your pincushion. 
You're punching bag. Punching yeah. bag. Verbal punching yep. bag sometimes. Absolutely. You know, for years, uh, you know, when I was first got into our business and, and the business I'm in and I became a, a young manager, it was always the next promotion. It was always the next move. It was always the next plaque, always the next contest. People come to my office at, at work. You know, a lot of times people don't even know what I do. I don't even really talk about it that much because it, it, for so long, it was such a huge part of who I was. And I was like, well, and it scared me. I'm like, wait a second. I'm so caught up in this being my identity. It's like, this isn't who I am. I'm John. I'm not, I, I am a service manager at work. That's what I do. That's not who I am. Right. You know, I put all my stuff in my, my office at work. People say, man, this stuff, you ought to hang this up in your house. And I'm like, why? For so many, I look at that, I look at that, that cabinet and, and I look and I think to myself, there's a pride thing there where you're like, I feel good about those accomplishments, but then there's a sadness because I know the price it costs me to get those accomplishments. Right. When you're looking in a trophy case, people think that everything's shiny. And when you look at it from a real man's perspective, there's a lot of tarnish and rust on those trophies. Yeah. And it comes at the expense of your wife and your children. And, you know, when you wake up and you start looking at pictures and you realize you're not in a lot of them because you worked late or you worked that weekend. And we just lie to ourselves as men that we're doing this to provide them a good life. And yes, that's partially true. But the other part is we're doing it because we feel good doing it. It makes us feel good about who we are. Puffs up your ego. Right. And, and for this is firsthand experience to my dad. Uh, you guys, if you've listened, you know that I have, my father was traveling a lot when I was a kid. Well, he just recently got forced into retirement. I think it's been about three years now. And for the first couple of years, he was struggling. He poured all of his time and all of his effort into his job. And there, there's more to it, but he came to the realization one day, they, they come over to my house at least once a week now. And they they bought a they bought a swing. We live on some property. You redneck and nice. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, here we go. So they come they come and swing. They come and sit on the swing, and we all sit out there and we talk. So he told me he opened up one day and he says, "You and your brother are doing it right." I'm like, what do you mean we're doing it right? And he explains that he spent all his time and efforts into this company, and when it comes to the end, they don't care. They don't care what you did. They don't care what awards you have. They don't care about anything. Well, they'll never love you back. Right. And he realized all, everything that he missed as we were growing up and they, you know, all that he didn't get to partake in. And I, and I explained to him, I said, dad, don't get it twisted. You did what you thought was best at the time. My brother and I took that and decided we were going to be home. We were going to be there for our families. We were going to do as much as we could do with them. So I told him, what you did affected your, your kids. But now look at what your grandkids have because of what you did for what you thought was best. So what you think is a negative effect on my brother and I has benefited seven, eight grandkids of yours. It's funny you think about it. If we're going to look at it, from, from all different angles, you know, that's how you think. But you learned that valuable lesson from your dad. But the one thing that you weren't taught because you probably didn't see from your dad was the anger thing. You know, here you are, you're home, but you're coming home angry. Yeah. This is how this stuff works. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, we can look at a situation, we can learn from this and we can learn from that. 
but through as we go through the course of life, start learning other things on our own. Like, yeah, you can be home with your family. You cannot travel. But if you're coming home and you're angry or you're disconnected or you're thinking about the job all the time or you're checked out because you you just need time to get your head together because you're frustrated or whatever, being home don't mean nothing. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. You have to be there and you have to be present. Ooh. You have to. That's why I like the name of this podcast, the session, episode, whatever you want to call it. That don't live here. The job don't live at your house. Your wife and your children or your significant other, whoever it is, your family, the people that love you back live there. Right. And I think you make a valid point because it took me a long time, Ray. I mean, you know, you think, well, if I just do this, if I win one more contest, if I get one more promotion, if I do this, I do that. They're never going to love you back. Now, don't get me wrong. You should always want to do your very best at your job. At your job. Perform at your highest level because that's about having pride in who you are. When you start, man, men, listen to me very carefully. Listen real close. If you start loving your job, you're in a bad place. Right. Because your job will never love you back. Love your wife and your children. I had a conversation the other night with my kids. We were talking about a couple of friends of ours. We were sitting around the table while we were on vacation. And we were talking about next steps, careers, and everything else. And one of the things I've always told my kids, I said, you know, this world's going to tell you, you know, find the job that you love, you know, the job that's going to fulfill you and bring you fulfillment and, and make you feel joy and acceptance. Find the job. When you do what you love. It's not work. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. They try to sell you right there. There you go. But I tell my kids, I'm like, you know what? Find a job that you can do that you can enjoy and make money at it so you can do what you love with the people you love. Right. I've always told my kids, I said, I don't do what I do because I love my job. I do what I do because I love you. Right. I love your mother. I love our family. I love the fact that I can provide for you. That's what's important to me, that we can have a specific type of lifestyle. But the other part too is, is, you know, if you get too caught up in a lifestyle too, guys, you can miss out on the kids and the, and the wife that are at home. You're, you're trying to provide it and you can just lie to yourself and tell yourself that you're doing it for them and you ain't doing it for them. You're doing it so you can feel good about you. Right. Because those kids and that wife, they want your time. Now, don't get me wrong. You want to provide the best life you can for your family, but don't ever put the job before you put your kids or your wife. Right. Exactly. I guarantee you, we have all done that. Oh yeah. At some point Guilty. in time. Guilty. It wasn't until... I've been I've been at my current job for five years now, and I finally actually have more time, free and clear headed oh, at the house. You're a different animal. You're the humanitarian now, baby. Well, yeah, oh. you 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 remember Fun, me. Fun, love, and easy going, laid back, humanitarian. Yeah, yeah. you you remember me when <laughs> when I would just sit there just just a swinging, just <laughs> swinging, swinging. Hey, swangin'. I don't know how big that dag swing was. He fit himself, his dad, and. <laughs> That's a redneck swing going on. It is. <laughs> Just think about the tree it's hanging from. That was some big ass eye bolts right there. Like uh, aircraft cable or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. think about yeah. the size oh, of the tree. <laughs> oh, dang. That's one big oak tree. Let That's me tell you tree, what. y'all. <laughs> Look here. See that? See that right there? That's a big tree. Big tree, big swing, baby. That's right. I got a big swing up there. Uh -huh. Well, you know what you rednecks say, man? Go big or go home, y'all. That's right. Hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you were saying, I'm sorry. I got on a tangent. Oh, I though. forgot now. Oh, you don't forgot. <laughs> you know, as rednecks, we got short memories, man. But, no. the, but that's what we do, though. We bring it to the house. We you do. Know? And, you, and you made a good point. I mean, when you're going through that, that time, I mean, you're a total different person today 
than you were when I met you 10 years ago. Right. And the way I got there, and honestly, a lot of it's got to do with you and you sharing your experiences and what you went through. And it really opened my eyes because it made me feel like I wasn't doing it alone. I wasn't the only one. So, you know, all you guys out there. for real, for real. Yeah. You're, you're not the only ones. <laughs> no. Every, every guy's struggling in it one way or the other. And don't, don't get it twisted. We still ain't got it all figured out. Well, think about it like this. I mean, let's be honest. If you're trying to find fulfillment in your job, you're always going to come up empty. Right. You're never going to feel, you're never going to feel the fulfillment that a man needs from your work. Now, a man can get fulfilled from working. That can be part of it because it's part of being a man of being a provider and, and a worker. But that's not going to fulfill you as a man. Right. You know? Get that nice Timex watch after 35 years. That's it, buddy. With him. Nah. I, I want mine to be kinetic. Doesn't need, doesn't need batteries. You just got to shake wine. it up. It's a wine. <laughs> shake, it up. shake it up. Shake it up. <laughs> now you're hundred percent correct. And we have to be able to identify that. Cause like it's your job. If you're in type, if you're in management, which I was, and you are currently, you, you expect your employees to respond in a certain way. When you tell them that something needs to be done, you expect it to be done. When you try to bring that home, that don't fly. No. You try telling your wife, you, yeah, good luck. Mop the floor, <laughs> do the dishes. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh-huh. It's not going to happen. Especially today's day and age, too. A lot of women work. They do. It's not, you know, this ain't, you know, Ward Cleaver, you know, leave it to Beaver over here where the where daddy goes to work and mom's home all day, you know, wearing an apron. And, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. A lot of women work full time jobs. My wife works a full time job. She doesn't want to come home every day and be the one to clean up the house and do all the dishes. That's why we give the work to the teenagers. That's man. it. That's what kids are for, man. <laughs> said, honey, I'm in it with you. you why do you kids get out there and get that cleaned up? <laughs> Check that ice cream truck, man. Get yeah. <laughs> I tell my son, Sean, you hear that? You hear that music? Get running. Get, get running. going. Get yes, Kenny, you can catch him. Get me a nutty buddy. I buy you fly. <laughs> uh, I want a rainbow pop today. But no, I mean, you think about it. A lot of women, they work, man. And, and for us to come home and be like, you know what it is, guys, if we're going to be honest, if we if we get this mentality, if we make more money than our wife, then that makes us more entitled than our wives. I'm the breadwinner, damn it. She better do what I tell. Your wife's working 40 hours a week. You know, you get this thing together. You and this trench hole, you and this, you and this foxhole together. Right. You know, you fighting this thing called life together. You ain't any better than she is. There are things like in our house, we have what they call delegation of duty. You know, like I do the yard. I do all the weed whacking, the edging, the mowing. My wife don't come out and do the yard. She tries to, and I tell her, go back in the house. I don't want her out in the heat doing that. You know, my daughter does the dishes and cleans up the kitchen. My son takes out the trash, vacuums the upstairs. They do their own laundry. Candy does hers and my laundry because she loves me. But she cooks, but I also take her out to eat a lot too, because I know she don't like to cook. You got to find that balance. And you got to make sure that you're not treating her like somebody you work with. Oh, she'll let you know too in a hurry. And that's it exactly. And that's, you know, that's the thing. Well, that's the whole thing about it is that you, if you have a significant other, you don't, whether you're married or not, whether you have kids or not, if you're living at home with your parents. Oh yeah. You young dudes at the house with mama and daddy, don't come home expecting mama to cater to you. That's it. Exactly. You have to show them the respect. You yeah. have to know the difference between work and home, wherever home is. You can't bring work home. It doesn't live there, period. doesn't matter what you do. You could be 16 years old working at McDonald's, just trying to make a little it's extra money. your mom and your daddy's house. That's how it works. You know, I, I got a guy that told me the, the other day that his sons moved back home and 
he's paying rent. So all of a sudden he thinks he can do whatever he wants. That ain't how it works, bro. You're living in somebody's house. You're going to abide by those rules or you can pay rent somewhere else. That's just how it works. Oh yeah. When I was growing up, my parents told me to stay home as long as you can, as long as we can get along and as long as you can abide by our rules and save your money. Yeah. So That's I what actually, tell my kids. Yeah, I actually did that. You know, I had to be home by a certain time. I had to pay them a certain amount of rent. Mm-hmm. I had a specific day that I could wash my clothes so that it didn't interfere with them. I couldn't just come in and eat their food. I had to make sure they knew if I was going to be home for dinner or not. It, and, and that's all called common courtesy. Respect. Respect, yeah. That's yeah. it exactly. But you know, I, Rhea, you know, I, this really hits at home with me big time because it was a time in my life where the job was everything. I, I made my mind up, I think it was what, seven years ago or maybe it was, was it seven years ago we were up in the in the loft? We were, it was either seven or eight. In our yeah. men's group and I come to the realization, I was like, I, what am I doing? You know, like, it was almost like God had said to me, he said, he not audibly, but he, I felt it inside me, the question. And I knew it was God because I wouldn't ask myself this question. It's like, what are you doing? What do you want? And I'm like, I want to go to the next level. And then there was that question inside me. It was like, well, why? And I took a step back and I thought, well, why do I want to go to the next level? And the truth was, is because it paid more money. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, so you're willing to do all this. You don't, you don't even really want the position. It's not the desire of your heart to get the next, go to the next level. It's about the money. You talk about a self-check at that point going, wow. And I shared this with you guys. Oh yeah. And I think that's important too, transparency. When you're in these groups with men, you got to be real with one another and tell tell what's going on. I told the guys group, I'm like, dude, I feel like God just spoke to me. I mean, because he just basically said to me, what are you chasing? You know, and, and I realized it was the money. It's like, and, and the other part of it was like, God was saying to me, I haven't given you enough. You got a great wife, two beautiful kids. You live in a nice home. You got a good job. What What are you, what is it you're trying to chase here? And it was like a dog chasing his tail. And all you end up getting on that, it's just a nose full of crap. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. And we have to, as guys, we have to really check ourselves. We have to ask ourselves those questions. If you're not a religious person, you're not leaning on God for your for your guidance, you still have to check yourself. You still have to find out what is in it for me? What is in it for my family? What is in it for my wife? Or is you, it all you, me? You make, Chris, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say real quick. No, the Bible's specific about that. You can't serve two masters. You're going to love the one and hate the other. Right. And I think that's the conundrum you get yourself into. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny. It reminds me, we were in a, in, a, in a couple's group one time and a guy said to me, he says, well, how do you know whether it's a blessing or not? And I said, well, I started thinking, I'm like, well, let me ask you a question. If you get this opportunity to say, make $20,000 more a year at work, but you're working later at night, you're having to work weekends. You got to travel a lot. So now you're not spending time with your wife. You're not spending time with your kids. And in our situation, you can't go to church because you're gone on the weekends. You can't be serving a group or anything. You can't be a part of a group. You can't you know, serve. Do you really think that that's a blessing from God? Right. Do you think that God is going to give you something that's going to deter you from drawing closer to him and closer to your family? 
And, and that's the other part of it. I mean, if you're not a believer, let's take let's take God out of the, and I hate even saying that, but let's just say we move God out of the equation, right? We just move him to the side for let's the non-believers. Because he, yeah, for the non-believers out there to listen to this podcast. Do you really think it's a blessing to make more money and lose time with your wife and your children? To miss out on the most important things in their life because you're going to make $20,000 more a year? $20,000 $20, more dollars a year is not going to be, going to make up for you know, their first recital or the first time they walk or the first time that they do something at school or the first time that they graduate or they have a big play or they have a production, you know, that $20,000 ain't buying that back for you. It ain't a damn thing you can do. Once it's, once it's over and you're looking at those pictures and you're not in them, reality sets in real quick. One of the things I said to Candy on uh, Father's Day, I'll be honest with you, I sat out on the porch and I thought about my kids. And I might had some allergies or whatever, you know, it's a little yeah. dusty out there. But I looked at her and I said, do you think that I focus too much on the raisin and not the lip? And that's what I thought about when I was sitting. I've wanted so desperately to be there to teach my children, to guide them and direct them. You know, sometimes as men, do we focus too much on that and not on the living, the loving, the laughing, the playing. And we can sometimes hide at work. And we can use work as an excuse. And we can bring work home and allow that to become a deterrent or become a problem in the house. But just like the title of this podcast tonight, that don't live here, man. Mm-mm. You leave that junk at the office, at the yard, at the warehouse, wherever it may be. And you take a hard look in the mirror. Are you really doing it for them? Or are you doing it for you? That's tough. It was the hardest thing I had to answer to, you know? I mean, I'm sitting there on Father's Day, 45 years old. I have a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old. And I'm thinking... Not about all the great times we've had, but I'm thinking about how many times I've lost right. that I'll never get back again. And as a father, there is no greater feeling than when you reach down and you grab the hand of your child. Mm-hmm. When you walk hand in hand with your son or your daughter, those are just, those are the moments. Those are the things that matter. And we get so caught up in the job and the life and the expectations this world puts on us. Like we gotta provide this, the, 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 as you like to say, the shoes and the and the and the radios and the phones and, and and the house and the cars and all that. We focus in too much on the raising and not enough on the living. If you're out here tonight and you're listening to this podcast or this morning, whenever you're listening to it, because you know it's evening time here, but I sometimes I get my time mixed up. But if you're listening to this podcast and this resonates with you. I would encourage you, take a step back. Ask yourself some really tough questions. Ray had to ask himself some tough questions about bringing that anger to the house. I had to ask myself some tough questions about putting the job first. And and as Fritz says, you you either love one and and hate the other. You can't serve two masters. And you can just lie to everybody and everything else in this world, but you can't just lie to yourself. At the end of the day, when you're sitting there looking at your wife, your kids, your mother, your father, 
your family members, your girlfriend, whatever it may be. Those are the things that'll love you back. That's what you need to invest in. And when you get your mind wrapped around that and your heart set on that, that'll radically change the way you pursue things. I don't even talk about my job at the house anymore. Can't even like, I don't even know what's going on at work anymore. You know why? Because my job is at the office. It doesn't live at my house anymore. Guys, I'm telling you from experience, don't get caught up in the raising. Focus on the living because that's where the rubber meets the road. <laughs>